0: Beware of practicing your righteousness before others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Matthew 6, verse 1. (music) Virtue. In an age of virtue signaling. Perhaps that phrase, virtue signaling, is new, or because you live in a social media age, it is one that you are becoming increasingly familiar with. Welcome to Messiah and Life, friends. Today we're going to talk about not specifically virtue signaling, but we will. Uh, pay close attention to the caution that Messiah has given us, which does speak against virtue signaling in Matthew 6 and verse 1. But today we're going to speak about virtue. How do we live a virtuous life? What is a virtuous life? How do we live a life of faith in an age where faith is becoming less popular, less important, less prominent? And how do we live in this age when it's so easy to place ourselves above our representation of the Father in heaven and by the Holy Spirit who is now dwelling in us. I want to continue reading a little bit of Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at a couple of scriptures today. I'll pick up in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 2, which says, "...whenever you do your tzedakah, whenever you do your charity, do not sound a trumpet." And this is a specific reference to a practice in the Holy Temple Where someone would throw a large amount of coins into a trumpet shaped receptacle, and people would turn and look to see who gave. So do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue or on the streets, so that they may be glorified by men. Amen, I tell you, they have their reward in full. But when you do tzedakah, when you do charity, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Hyperbole, obviously. So that your tzedakah, your charity may be in secret and your father who sees in secret shall reward you openly. So we're not going to talk about virtue signaling today, but we are going to be aware of the caution that Messiah gives us. Unto whom are we doing our actions in faith? Are we doing it to receive a reward of those who notice us from among men? Or are we desiring to do these actions in secret that bring a blessing from our father in heaven? What is virtue signaling? Well, it's a phrase that has been around for maybe 15 or 16 years. It's a pejorative. You don't want to be accused of virtue signaling, which is why I'm trying to be cautious to not dwell on this point too much because a podcast about virtue signaling would be a podcast in which I am virtue signaling, (laughs) if you can follow that. So it's a pejorative term that... Uh, that is applied to people who you know they say or do something um with a primary motive uh that is to make them look virtuous to impress or to improve their social status their social standing there isn't a real uh, uh let's say a, a sincere commitment to a cause rather it is a way of showing that uh, that not showing, but it is a way of them identifying with something that is being approved of in order for them to receive the approval of that position. So show, social media has had a tremendous impact on virtue signaling it, 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 with a mere uh, a couple of clips, uh, uh, clicks or taps or whatever it might be, someone can uh, appear to be in solidarity with any given moment or movement or anything that might be happening. And we, we might call virtue signaling what it is and what it's called in scripture, which is simply hypocrisy. It really is akin to personal marketing, an attempt to strategically improve your place within a, a given social structure or milieu. So we want to avoid personal marketing. So for the disciple of Messiah, We should not approach life or faith or interaction in the the public square in this way. We have to be on guard. We have to be cautious. We have to be measured in our approach to living a life that glorifies God in, in, in order that we not step over that line into a way that begins to glorify us. We have to check our motives as we engage, as we engage the world around us, society around us. But what is virtue? Well, without getting into too technical um, definition, it really is a habitual disposition to act, to feel, to respond, and to think in a manner consistent with biblical instruction, with the commands that we find in Scripture, the examples that are in faith that we find in Scripture. Virtue as a Christian ethic relies on the regenerate heart, the heart that has been redeemed, transformed, now indwelt and sealed by the Holy Spirit. And as born again in Messiah, our motive for action necessarily changes by the presence of the Holy Spirit, by the receiving of grace that we have. Um, through the redemption of our soul, through the Messiah, that changes our motivation. It changes our motive for action. But what is motive? I keep asking these, but what is questions? Well, motive is the basis of action. Uh, An actor will ask a director in a particular scene, what's my motivation? In other words, what is the emotion? What is the 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 trigger that is causing me to act in a particular way. So motivation is the basis of action in the world. Motive desires to accomplish something in the world that is external of ourselves, that is outside of ourselves. In faith, the word of God has now been written on our heart in fulfillment of the promise that we find in Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And with this internal application of the word, the internal writing of the Torah upon our heart, it now places an emphasis on inward righteousness of the disciple, the transformation of the disciple, while not, not at all, neglecting the biblical instruction regarding right conduct in the relationships and the world around us not only right conduct with those who are in covenant relationship with us, but those who are outside of covenant relationship with us. It's an application of common grace and uncommon grace in the world around us. And by the word of God and the instruction of the word of God and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we're constantly reminded to be involved with things that have really been redefined within our society today. We will care for the widow, the orphan, the stranger. We will care for the underprivileged, the underserved. We will also be on guard against those who use their position of affluence or position of wealth in order to have a, a more prominent position in society. All of those come into play, but we do not dwell on any of them. And as a body of Messiah, each one of us engage in those areas in different ways, but we, we do not really turn into a one cause uh, ministry. Rather, we're about the business of our Father, which takes into consideration all of those positions in life, because now we're being motivated by right conduct, by the word that is informing the internal man, the inward man that will now impact the outward society around us. So, followers of Messiah, as followers of Messiah, we have to go deeper We go deeper because we're being conformed to the Son of God, to Christ himself. Of course, Romans 8.29 is where Paul talks about that. And while we're being conformed to him, we begin to naturally imitate him, to do the things that he did, to walk in the example that he has given to us. The Apostle John tells us that we walk as he has walked. So, if you you have a Bible with, with you, turn or you can just listen. You can turn to... Uh, second peter because the apostle adds to our understanding regarding virtue and living a virtuous life which is not an end in itself Uh, that would be contrary to right understanding of virtue and and ethics and so on as giving in the given in the scripture it's part of the way to the goal to deeper communion with the father through the son by the spirit I'm going to begin reading in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. The apostle writes, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Hallelujah. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue. And I'll explain that in just a moment. Through these things, he has given us his precious and magnificent promises. These are the promises of the word so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, since you have escaped the corruption that evil desires have brought into this world. That's the wrong motivation. Picking up in verse 5, Now, for this very reason, making every effort, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, patience. And to patience, godliness. To godliness, brotherly love. To brotherly love, love. For if these qualities are in you and increasing, in other words, you're maturing, and they're now beginning to bear fruit, and that fruit is becoming visible to those around, and they can taste and see that the Lord is good, they keep you from becoming idle and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. But anyone who lacks these qualities is blind, nearsighted, because he has forgotten his cleansing from past sins. In other words, he's still being motivated by his past. Therefore, he continues, brothers and sisters, make all the more effort to make your calling and election certain. For if you keep doing these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus will be richly provided for you. In other words, you ain't going to earn it. It'll be provided for you as you grow and mature. And Paul has a very similar take on this. If you join me in Colossians chapter three, very similar words, but it's, it's really speaking in such a beautiful way to community and how we live with each other. In chapter three, beginning in verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, in other words, he's chosen you, brought him to to yourself, brought you to himself, I should say, brought you to himself. And now he's conforming you to his son, as he says in Romans 8, 28 and 29, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves in tender compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord pardoned you, so also you must pardon others. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfect harmony. Let the peace of Messiah rule in your hearts. To this peace, you were surely called in one body. He goes through a list of virtues that now become part of our communal living because they're They are coming out of us. It's the habit of conduct and action and manner that we have within community living, bearing with each other. We're showing an uncommon grace, (coughs) excuse me, of forgiveness towards those who have wronged us. But it also extends to those outside the community as well, as we show God's uncommon grace to those who are recipients of common grace. And we forgive those who are outside of covenant community. We extend the kindness and mercies of God to those outside covenant community. That is living the gospel in a way that spreads past the immediate border or the immediate uh, lines of division that we have within our society. To Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, the fruit of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's no prohibition. There is no setback from displaying these. And in fact, that's the expectation that the fruit of the Spirit by, the, by nature of the Holy Spirit being inside of us will begin to produce these character qualities, these virtues in our life. And Paul does talk about three, what we call three theological virtues, faith, hope, love. And the greatest of these is love, faith in the word of God, hope in the future promises of God coming to pass. And of course, love is the action within covenant community, not just in a, uh, let's say, a detached Uh, unemotional way, but one that is an action that shows the love of God in the situation, but also the love of the human other, the other image bearer of God in our society, in our world around us. So, we become imitators of God. We become imitators of his common grace, his uncommon grace, showing covenant loyalty to those that we're in uh, communal relationship with, (coughs) excuse me, being, showing and demonstrating a life of repentance, of turning away from our old way and the influence of the corruption of the flesh that has really uh, devastated humanity and living in the fear of God. In other words, living in the presence, living in the understanding of who we are present before. That is a, a definition of the fear of God. So what should our character trait be? What, should, what is the bottom line of the virtue that we're living? Messiah. He is the example in all things. We follow his example, his, his leadership in this because we are being conformed to him. So the Bible shows us the virtue of God himself, Father, Son, Spirit. It reveals the virtue of God, the habit of God, the character of God, the nature of God. It shows everything that we need to know about him. It doesn't show everything about him, but it shows everything we need to know about him as father, son, and spirit. But it also shows the virtue of those who belong to him by grace and what that virtue should look like because it shows us and demonstrates that for us through the example of Messiah. So how is it activated? How does it come to be? Is it because we uh, reached a certain level of, of maturity and now we can begin to live a godly life? No, no. It's... Activated by the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us through the word of God. <coughs> Excuse me, through the communion of saints. By coming together as the people of God. Praying, ministering with each other and sharing in the communal experience that is the life of faith in Messiah. So in Matthew five sixteen, my memory is taking me back to where Yeshua said, Let your light shine before men so that they... See what? Your good works and they glorify God. But wait a minute, you said uh we're not to go about virtue signaling, we're not to go about and yeah, yes, but he's he's saying actually in the situation that somebody is observing, and of course this is a personal interaction, this is this is within sight, this is within uh proximity to each other, they're seeing your good work. They're seeing the good work that God has purposed for you to do beforehand. They're admiring the good work, not you, not me. They're admiring what God has called you to do. And they're glorifying him for that. It's not a glory that comes from a social media post that draws people's attentions to what we have done. No, it is we are involved in life and people are observing the good that God has caused us to do by his spirit motivating us rightly according to the word and rightly applying into the situation that we find ourselves in. Which means, very simply, if we are in a place where we can help the poor, we help the poor. <laughs> if we are in a place where we help the orphan, we help the orphan. If we're in a place where someone is hungry, we feed them. It, you know, I love how uh, Rabbi Sachs, kind of Jonathan Sachs, distills Jewish ethics. He says quite simply, if someone is thirsty, give them water. And I would say the same for uh, ethics and Messianic faith. They see the good works and they glorify God, not you. The recognition comes not for our benefit. It doesn't change our social position, our social standing. No, it is for the glory of God and it glorifies him. However, if we seek our own glory, if we are doing this in order to advance ourselves, to change our position in life, to to make it appear that we are greater, more holy, more virtuous than we really are, the works will become corrupted. And people will see that, and they will not glorify the Father. So whose reward do we seek? Are we looking for man's reward? Because we will receive that reward. We will get the recognition that we want from from people, but it will be very short-lived. It'll be temporary. And you'll always have to try to impress someone again. It'll be a way of continually trying to impress those around you in order to gain their acceptance. But if we're doing what we're doing, what we're called to do (coughs) in that situation, in that moment, in that time... Under the glory of the Lord, the acceptance comes from the Father. The glory goes to the Father. And the reward is not temporary, the reward is eternal. Of course, Messiah tells us in Matthew 6 where our treasure is, there our heart is. If we are being rewarded by our Father in heaven and He is placing that reward in His presence, That's where our heart will be, not here looking for the continual approval of those who are around us, but rather the approval of God in heaven. So we should stop the the signal, virtue, virtue, uh, virtue signaling, I'm getting confused here, we should stop virtue signaling, we should stop throwing up our own flag, hey, look at me and the irony of doing a podcast about virtue signaling. Uh, is not lost. Oh, it's not lost. That's why I have to be very careful. We have to stop signaling our own virtue. That's doing things unto men, to be noticed by men, to be rewarded by men. And we need to live virtuously to the glory of the Father. And that is living that impacts and changes the world around us. And we have to apply this in every area of our faith, in our faith practice itself, the music we choose for public worship, for corporate worship, the prayers that we pray for corporate worship, how we dress according to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, if we're dressing modestly, let it be not unto our own uh, virtue signaling, but unto the Lord's glory. If we're humble, let it be humble for him. If If we are charitable, let it be charitable unto him. However that manifests in your life at this moment in time or the moments that are to come, the reward from heaven is far greater than anything anyone here on this earth can give to you. So it may seem like we... Took a detour, we sidestepped away from the other concepts that we're considering so far. But the reality is, we need to set this baseline in order to properly apply the teaching of Paul, the teaching of the Torah, and see how this all comes together as we are discipled and as we disciple in the Messiah and as we are matured and prepared for his coming. And as we prepare to spend eternity with him, we have to have these basic things in right order. Our hearts right, our motives right, informed by the word, applied according to the word, faithfully, by the the unction of the Holy Spirit, by the instruction of the Holy Spirit, and by the love of God. It comes through us, out into those who are around us. Friends, I thank you for listening. And I thank you and I bless you for blessing me. And I pray you found some words of benefit today that will help you in your walk. And as we continue to explore these subjects, I hope and pray that there is a benefit to your life and and a change in your life, as I know there is a change of mine and mine as I look at these concepts again. So I pray wherever you are today that you are blessed, however you're listening to this today, I pray that it has impacted your heart more than anything else. So I bless God for you right now, and I bless you in the name of God right now. Yevarechecha VeYish Marecha Hashem, Hashem, Yeshua, in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you in the name of His Son. Amen, amen.